Welcome to the Pelvic Power Podcast. I'm your host, Penny Peterson. If you live with pelvic pain, you have landed in the exact right space you need to be in. I'm a yoga teacher that helps people get out of their head and into their body through yoga and holistic living so that they can take back their power as well as harness their own inner power to make a change in their life. Here you will learn from myself, other pelvic power experts and advocates on how you can support yourself on your journey and make the journey so much easier. Welcome. Welcome back to the Pelvic Power Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host today. My name is Penny, aka Wellbeing by Penny, and I am a yoga teacher that focuses on yoga for pelvic pain. So I help people that live with pelvic pain, hypertonic pelvic floor dysfunction, to use, I help them, I teach them how to use breath work, movement, visualize, and guide them through body awareness techniques so they can feel a hell of a lot better, release some of that pain. Welcome, welcome. Today, I thought I'd take you through my story with my pelvic pain. So how I ended up doing what I'm doing today, a part of it at least. Just going to take you through my little pelvic pain journey because I get this question a lot over on my Instagram. So it all started at the wondrous, wondrous age of 17. Well, no, we're going to back it up, back it up a couple years. Let's go to 15. Yes, let's go to 15. I started getting really bad low back pain. So when I was 15, I was a dancer. I was a dancer. I loved dancing. I wanted that to be my future. And I started getting really, really low, really, really bad low back pain when I was 15. And I saw so many doctors, so many healthcare providers that could not, they all gave me different things to do. So one physio told me that I had to like, I don't, can't even remember, but I had to do a lot of back bends because I had to snap my back into place or something. And I saw a pelvic, no, not a pelvic PT, take it back. I saw a personal trainer who told me I had to suck in my tummy all the time to strengthen my core that would help with my low back. I saw doctors, but they could not figure out what was wrong with me. Like there was nothing wrong. And I was just really frustrated. I was really low, really sad. And I graduated from my dancing school when I was 19, I believe. So yes, when I was 17, so from 15 to 17, I was living with really bad low back pain. When I was 17, I was seeing this guy, I think we were together for like, I don't know, two weeks. But you know, at the age of 17, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to be excited about sex. So like five days into this relationship, it was like, okay, we're gonna have sex. And it was like hitting a wall. It was like, it would not, not whatsoever work. It was like actually hitting a wall. It did not work at all. So I'm like, oh, maybe something's wrong with me. But then again, there may have been so many factors to this. Five days into a relationship, first time having sex, where is the, where can you feel the support in that relationship in a sense? Do you feel safe to be vulnerable, to give in? Probably, most definitely not at that stage, for me at least. 
But it was like hitting a wall. I was like, okay, well, maybe this just wasn't my time, you know. And then I turned 18. I started going out partying a lot. And I met this one guy. And I had decided that we were going to have sex. And the first time I had sex, I was so scared from that first time when I was 17, when I tried having sex and didn't work. So I was so scared when I was 18 that I got absolutely hammered. I was so drunk. I went, I remember going to the bar. It was like the bar closed at, I think, two. I got there around one and I was like, throwing back the shots I think it was tequila <laughs> tequila shots just throwing them back and I went home with this guy I was really drunk and we had sex and it was it was painful it was painful I could it was painful but I was still I was I had had a lot of alcohol but still I could feel that it was painful and I started bleeding and I just thought you know that's normal. It's normal breathing. Breathing. Breathing is normal. Bleeding. When you are having sex, that's what you thought growing up. And yeah, that was my first time. Woke up the next morning, you know. I don't know if you have ever had sex while being really drunk and your body doesn't really want to have sex. <coughs> Excuse me. It was... It was not the best feeling the next day. And time went by. I tried having sex with this guy again. It was still really, really painful. And I didn't understand why. And I didn't understand why. And I cannot really remember the timeline. But at some point of time between 18 and 19, I went to see the youth clinic back home. So I was living in Sweden. I was born in Sweden. So I was in Sweden at this time. And I went to see the youth clinic. And they told me that there was nothing wrong with me. Everything looks fine. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try having sex again. Didn't work. Still, it was bad. It was really bad. It was really painful. And then I went back to the youth clinic. So they decided to send me to a specialist. And this specialist was going to do a biopsy on me. And at this time, I was probably 19, I think. My mom came with me. And she was going to do a biopsy. And I was fucking scared. I was so scared. Lying there, being 19, doesn't really know anything about my body, doesn't really know anything about sex, what is going on. And just being very... I didn't know that much growing up. I wish I would have known more than what I actually did about my body. This is why we do what we do, the people in this community. This is why we are doing the work that we're doing right now, because people need to know. People need to know growing up, I feel. So I was at the specialist, she put a numbing injection in with a needle. That was painful. That was a, that was a hoot. <laughs> and what was even more a hoot was that the injection, the numbing agent did not work at all. So she took this biopsy. The biopsies are about four millimeters. 
so they have a little punch biopsy tool that they use and my mom was holding my hand and I was in so much pain so that was my first biopsy when I was 19 and then at that time I got diagnosed with lichen sclerosis lichen sclerosis it's very hard to say it's kind of tongue twister and I would probably say it in a completely different way in Swedish lichen lichen sclerosis that's how we would say it in Swedish I think uh, so I was diagnosed with that and lichen sclerosis is an inflammatory skin condition and it is chronic. It can cause tearing, scarring, itchiness. We will dive a lot deeper into this as the podcast goes on as well. I will leave a lot of space for that in this podcast. That's my plan because lichen sclerosis is very deeply it's very near to my heart. It was the number one reason why I started my Instagram page. Uh, I have lived with this pain, as I was saying. So I was diagnosed around 19 years old. I'm now 33. And a lot of people don't know about this condition. And it is extremely painful. And there needs to be more knowledge out there. And it is very dear to my heart. So that is where we're at. I got diagnosed with lichen and I was like, okay, great. Now I have this diagnosis. I started treatment, which is a topical steroid And you, I wasn't really taught much. Like the doctors, they didn't know much. A lot of doctors still don't know much about lichen sclerosis. So when I was, I think I was 20. Yeah, it was right before I was turning 21. I had sex with a person. Again, really drunk. Really drunk. And you can see my relationship with my body it was just very, very not good. It didn't start out well, let me just tell you. And I had sex with this person and then a couple of days later I went to see my gynecologist and I was in so much pain. And she told me that we would do surgery. And I had one surgery didn't really help <laughs> so we did another surgery same kind of surgery we did a third one and we did a fourth one we were supposed to do a fifth one at that time i was 25 24 going on 25 and i said no i don't want this anymore and then i actually left the country <laughs> I decided to move to Australia so I don't know if that was like fleeing away from my issues and I know that everything that I'm telling you right now this is very vulnerable to me but as I was saying in the previous uh, episode I believe that anyone's listening to this you're supposed to be here so you're my friend you're my family you're my community this is very vulnerable for me to share and I, I share this with you as I'm laughing at the same time. I'm telling you all these stories. This is just how I am as a person. This is my personality. Don't get me wrong. I, I have had a horrible experience with my pelvic pain and it has brought me so many tears, so much heartache. And, but I have just, I'm choosing to feel good. I am not suppressing anything. It's just when I'm telling these stories, when I look back to how everything was back in the day, I can laugh about the fact that 
I did not I did not respect my body. I did not respect my body because I had a lot of alcohol and I chose to have sex on top of that. Like that is a very, very unhealthy relationship. I can see that now. And I can talk about this because I've I've done the work. I've gone to therapy. I have seen pelvic physios. I have done the work. And there's not that much shame in me anymore. It doesn't bring me a lot of heartache that that happened back in the day. If anything else were to happen right now, I would probably be freaking devastated. But that time isn't right now. So as I'm telling the story, I am telling you the story with a light heart, with a lot of love for myself, for what I've gone through, for what little Penila went through when she was younger. And that actually made me very, very emotional saying that. <laughs> but so I fled the country, went to Australia. And going back, remember what I was saying when I was 15? I had really bad low back pain. This low back pain was still happening to me throughout this period. So throughout 10 years, I had really, really bad low back pain. Still working out a lot. I was not a dancer, but I was working out a lot because I wanted to, you know, ease my pain in my back. I saw um, personal trainers and things like that. So I went to Australia, loved it. it probably some of the best times in my life, but I can also remember at this time I was in a lot of pain. I remember once I was at uni, university, so I went to university there and I, I had to go to see my gynecologist. I got a specialist there as well. I had to go see her. I didn't have a car at this time. And I was wearing a long yellow skirt. I still have that skirt till this day. If you've seen it in the pictures, you know what skirt I'm talking about. I was at school or uni and I was in so much pain I had to take off my underwear. So I was walking around without underwear at school and I thought it was, I don't know, a badass. No, I don't know. <laughs> and now I'm just advocating all the time for walking without underwear. I love it. But my friend took me to my specialist, the gynecologist. And she told me that I had to take another biopsy because she saw some abnormal cells and th that task turned out to be nothing, <laughs> which was good, which was good. And then at the time when I was living in Australia, so I did not for the life of me get that everything is connected in the body, which I do now. So I had my low back pain. I had my lichen sclerosis. When I was in Australia, my low back pain was still really bad. And I got to that point. This is one of my nudges. One of my like, mm, I, something's got to change. Like, fuck, I'm over this. Something's got to change. So I was so tired of my low back pain. It was really, really disrupting my life. <laughs> and at some points I was just like, I just want to cut the pain out like it was so bad in my low back but then I decided to go to yoga because that's when I had just had enough I decided to take power into my own hands that's what I could do like we always have the power in our own hands even when it feels like we don't and you have to get to that to that stage to feel it like I know for myself I've had two of those two of those things that I can remember in my life but you have to yourself get to that stage where you're just like mm. I need to get over this little hurdle. So I went to yoga class. I did yoga. And 
I was just hoping for something that would help me physically, mentally, emotionally. My yoga story is for another day. But after I started practicing yoga, I also was sent to a pelvic physio. That was my first pelvic physio in Australia. I've never heard of it. I thought that, oh, fuck, this is so weird. What's she going to do? And I went there and she explained everything to me. And that made me realize that everything is connected. Like my lactic sclerosis, since I had so much vulvar pain, my my pelvis, my pelvic floor, it just got so protective of me. But it, it got so protected of me, it wanted to wanted me to not be vulnerable. So that's where my hypertonic pelvic floor dysfunction came in. And that was connected to my lower back. So that's automatically like how I started my yoga journey as well when it comes to pelvic floor yoga. Because till this day, I still live with lycosrosis, as I was saying, that's chronic. But I also live with my overactive pelvic floor dysfunction because they, the two, they really like each other. Yes, they do. And, but I know how to manage my overactive pelvic floor. So if I feel, for me, a flare for me when it comes to my pelvic floor, not my LS, is when I start to get bad low back pain. That's a flare to me. And I can feel that. I can feel when that's coming and I use yoga daily to manage that in whatever sense that means. Maybe breathing, poses, meditation, whatever that may mean, whatever I may need that specific day. So I till this day am living with both of these conditions. I just have learned how to manage my pelvic floor. That's why I teach other people to do the same because I swear to God, yoga I don't know what I would have done without pelvic floor yoga. It has helped me so freaking much. And sometimes I forget how much it's helped me. Like when I now when I'm talking about it and I think back, when I was 15, 17, 18, I was in so much pain in my low back. And it was all connected to my pelvis. It's yeah, it's just absolutely freaking amazing that I came across that and I'm so happy and so grateful that I get to teach other people to use yoga to help with their pain now. So that makes me super happy. But also on top of that, I, this is a, uh, I talk a lot about my lactosclerosis. I talk a lot about my vulva. I am still working on something here. So this is what I am working on right now. I'm still working on this, what I'm going to share right now, because I don't talk about this a lot on my Instagram, because you never know who's poking around. There's a lot of people poking around who are not really supportive of you. I also have HPV. I was diagnosed with HPV when I was 19, I believe. So I think it was right before my LS, to be honest. So I was diagnosed with HPV. It was active for a very long while. And then it went dormant. And then the two, LS and HPV, in my case, they are not working very well together. So in 2020, they found more abnormal cells. So I had another surgery. This time it was a laser surgery. So the first couple of surgeries that I had, that was actually them removing skin and pulling out the vaginal wall. I think it's called a vulvectomy. Partial vulvectomy, I want to say. And this time in 2020, I had a laser surgery. 
and that was in the same area as I had the four other surgeries. So there's not a lot of space down there, y'all. <laughs> there's not a lot of space. And the more skin you take away, the more biopsy you have, like my that area for me has gotten really, really irritated and very annoyed with me. So it takes a lot of love for my part to really support that part of my body. It demands a lot of attention, so to speak. So yes, I also have HPV. So in 2020, I had a laser surgery to remove some of the abnormal cells because I had VIN, which is abnormal cells. So there are three different types or two of VIN. I think the research is changing as we speak, perhaps. We will dive into this during the podcast as well. That is my plan. But yes, so VIN can turn into cancer, but it doesn't have to. It can also go away by itself. But they chose to take it away. <laughs> they chose to laser it away. So that is my little story about my pelvic pain. I think I covered most of it. To be honest, I did not have any notes doing this. I did not write anything down. So this is just purely out of the memory in my own heart that I am sharing this with you. And I hope that this helped you. As I was saying, I get a lot of questions regarding my journey and why I'm here and why I do what I do. And pelvic pain is just something that I'm very passionate about because it's freaking hard. It's hard to live with. It's such a taboo, sensitive topic. But we deserve to feel good. We deserve to feel the best that we could possibly feel. And I want that for all of us. I truly do. And for that to happen, we're going to have to step it up. I'm talking about my vulvas. I'm talking about my HPV, which I very vulnerable, vulnerably, vulnerably shared with you today. And if you have any questions regarding anything, you know where to find me. You can find me over on Instagram at wellbeing.by.penny. I would love to chat with you. I love receiving your DMs. And yeah, I would also love to hear. What are you working on right now? What are you working on right now? One of the things I just mentioned, I'm working on, you know, sharing my HPV story. But I'm also working on moisturizing more because I suck at that. <laughs> and as I'm saying that, I realize that I have not moisturized today. Moisturize is good for your lichen sclerosis that will make your LS very happy. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your day. And I can't wait to see you back here for our next episode. Mm -hmm.